Konnichiwa. Howdy, y'all. I am Leslie. I'm Laurie, and welcome to Sumo, sumo Kaboom. Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo. Yes, and happy 2024, everyone. We are so excited to be back for another year of sumo reporting, if you can call what we do reporting. <laughs> I don't even know. But today, we are going to talk about the really exciting Banzuke that came out on Christmas Day, but we're only going to talk about part of it. We're going to talk about the highest levels of it, the Sanyaku, uh, because there's some real exciting news in there. Someone just got promoted to Komosubi that has not been there before, and that means we're going to spend some time talking about Ura. But before we do that... We just want to give a big old shout out and thank you to everyone who has donated to us in 2023. Everyone sent us really lovely messages for the new year, and we are so excited for 2024. Um, we so appreciate the support. It helps us immensely just try to cover our costs for so many different things that we do and our bingo game and our prizes and mailing things and uh, websites and all and all of the stuff that uh, we pay for. We really appreciate your kind end of year gifts, if you will. So it was so sweet. Thank you so much. Yes, yes, yes. Rod, thank you for your ongoing support. You're such a winner. Henry, thank you for, thank you for your very generous donation. Thomas in Germany uh, recently gave us a gift. Chris Spangler, you're just amazing. Peter, Gretchen Anthony. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Those are some of the more uh, recent donors, but I just wanted to personally say thank you. If anyone else is out there and you're wondering how to support us, you can also go to Coffee. Uh, it's K-O dash fi.com you can search for sumo kaboom and all that money goes right to supporting our show thank you thank you yeah and more than anything we really appreciate your word of mouth and spreading the word about us uh we have people all over the world that are tuning in to listen to us to kooky girls uh sisters that record a sumo podcast in their parents closet although i will say this week i am not in the same closet as you i am a different closet yeah we're in two different closets and that's, that's okay that's a okay hey one thing um, that's coming up y'all is bingo that's right uh we're getting it all set up this week and it should go live next week so if you have never played sumo bingo with us before this is a good time to jump on board you could just start your 2024 with a good solid sumo bingo game and if you don't have any idea what we're talking about you can always go to our website sumokaboom.com look for the bingo tab all of the instructions are right there for you online and join us that's right so that is bingo get your cards y'all so for 2024 let's jump to our very first news flash Well, we, our last episode was like two or three weeks ago, and there has been so much that has happened since. A big figurehead, if you will, in the sumo world. He was uh, the Oyakata of Shikoroyama stable. His name was Tarao when he fought originally. But he was only 60 years old. He died of congestive heart failure. And this is from the stable of Abi. Abi is the top wrestler in this stable. It seemed like it took the sumo world by surprise. And in a lot of the news articles and stuff, they they eventually led on that like he's had health issues in the past. And one thing to remember about him is that he fought 
in the time of the 80s and 90s, kind of in this big heyday where there was part Chio no Fuji and then there was the Taka Waka brothers. And he was this big fighter who uh, came into the sport like the Waka brothers now with two brothers that were also fighting at the same time. And he had a major sumo pedigree. So his father ran the stable. I think it was Izutsu stable. So the whole family was wrestlers. His father was a Sanyaku level, I think, of Ozeki or, or Komusubi Sekiwaki, one of those. Mm-hmm. And then aunts, uncles married the married the daughter of somebody like just every part of his life was sumo and he dedicated his life especially running a a stable to sumo and he raised up abi as well as the uh one of his very very first wrestlers he raised up into uh sekitori ranks i believe his name is homasho is what he fought at that first wrestler he raised up was kind of in place to take over one day for him. And so that succession happened. It was approved. So the funeral itself was hundreds and hundreds of people that all came. And it kind of came out in in a lot of wrestlers and their comments about, you know, the death, just what a kind person he was. He was a really tough, uh, strict coach. Mm-hmm. His style was, they called him the tsunami, I think. Uh, not tsunami. They called him the, um, like, like the what's, a, what's the hurricane on the other side of the world? What's the... <laughs> a hurricane that goes in the opposite direction? Yes. <laughs> what is it? I'm losing my mind. Let's just call it a hurricane. No, on the other side of the world, they don't call it a hurricane. Uh, I'm sure if you said the word to me, I would go, oh, yeah, of course, but, uh, because people on the other side of the world use it. I don't know. Off the top oh, of my head. It's going to drive me crazy. Hold on. I got to know. Typhoon is the word I was looking for. Mm. Typhoon. So they called him the typhoon because he had like a, or the Iron Man of sumo. He was he was really tall and lanky, crazy strong, but he was so known for his supati attacks, which explains why Abi is so fierce. That was his calling card. Uh, we learned he had had a number of kind of close calls, but he had kind of always gotten back up and kept going. So the, I think the insiders knew his health was declining, but the guys were out on tour and they called the guys from his stable immediately back to Tokyo. And Abi, I think I saw an article that said he, he just laid on the floor next to him, I think was wishing that he would make it through. And unfortunately, he just didn't. But his ashes are at the stable. They're in the corner. They have honored him. He will continue to be a presence in their hearts and their minds, I'm sure. And they're already practicing uh, with a new new uh, head of the stable. So huge kind of news in the world of sumo there. Yeah. And you would recognize him. He's very He's very thin. He was distinctive looking and you'd always see him on the sidelines, you know, so it's a presence that will be well missed. And he also lost his brothers both at 59 and 60. So um, all of them died young. Yeah. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that affects Abby in this Basho as well, because that. I mean, I don't know. We never know the insides of their relationship, you know, what that's really like. But I mean, who was it? Was it Mitakiumi who lost his dad recently? I feel like it was. I mean, losing a, a parent figure uh, and a big coach in your life can be real transformative. Right. Uh, either 
you know, you use that. Or even Tokushoryu, who lost his coach right mm-hmm. right before he won the last Basho. Mm-hmm. Either, you know, people do sumo as a tribute or they're distraught. I don't know which way it will go. We don't know, but we hope they're moving on um, with his spirit in all of their hearts. Unfortunately, that was not the only sumo person we lost. Iwatora Zeki, Lin mm-hmm. Matsuoka's ex-husband passed Mm -hmm. as well over the Mm -hmm. holidays. And some of you might remember the interview that we did with Lynn, who used to be an announcer over there at NHK, used to be in Japan and, and married this man. Also, we also lost him over Mm -hmm. the holidays. So it's very sad. I know that we've received a question from a listener about are there any sumo centric uh, ceremonies that take place when someone who is involved in sumo passes. And I have not had a chance to look that up yet, but it's still in the back of our our minds for a future episode. That's right. As far as that goes, that's been the tough news over the holidays. But there's some other news that maybe isn't quite as bad. Some medium, we'll call this medium level. Okay. We're starting Um, with the worst and and now this is medium level. And we'll end with the best, but this is medium level. Okay. Our favorite old man grandpa of sumo, Azamaru has decided to retire. And he is 36 years old, although I'm convinced he is more like 55, Yeah, he 58. really is. He's going on 60. <clears throat> yeah, but what I enjoyed looking at is then you learn they have like a family. He has like a 16-year-old daughter. He has like a 12-year-old son and then like another six-year-old daughter. And only when these kind of big events happen do you go, oh my gosh, there's there's Azumaru with this adorable family. It's like the cutest thing. So um, he had said, though, he had been, this was shocking to me, he injured his uh, leg. I think it was his uh, left leg 10 years ago. So for 10 years, he has been lopsided and only really has power, I think, in his right leg. Lopsided? Meaning like he couldn't use it? It was that injured? Yeah, uh, it actually was his right leg. He confessed that he injured his right leg 10 years ago and And has been fighting ever since with only the power of his left leg. He said, I have only used my left leg for training and daily life. What? For Yeah, for that reason, he injured his left knee on the first day of the Kyushu tournament last month, and he was absent from the second day on. And he said, if my left side hurts, I won't be able to walk. And so he decided to retire. That was the most shocking thing is like he didn't seem like he had one leg that was completely bum, but he had been doing all of his sumo from basically the power of one leg. Okay, can you imagine what a wrestler he would have been if both legs had been fine? I mean, you always find out afterwards that like this Yokozuna only had vision in one eye and like... (laughs) They did. Well, they just... I mean, remember how we joked about Azumario? I mean, like everybody has, you know, everybody has grand visions of what they want to be in sumo. And we were kind of joking around that, you know, not everyone has plans to be a Yokozuna. Some people just have the dream of getting two Kachikoshis in the top division. And that's enough. That's plenty. Right. Right? right. That's plenty. And he got that dream. He got that dream. And now it's even better because now we learn that he got that dream with the use of one leg. That's right. 
it was a sad affair though because he was there were some tears that were shed but he will move on to his next chapter which is he's planning to stay in japan although he'd like to travel back to mongolia and he'd like to travel around i think the world so that's what he said in the jsa i don't know it said i didn't see any articles that didn't say otherwise so all i know is that he's having his haircutting ceremony on september 28th so we'll find out more about that in the future i'm sure and we'll possibly see him in his blue jacket as a security guard my favorite debut in the blue jacket Mm -hmm. once a once a wrestler retires so maybe we'll see him in the hanamichi in just a few weeks some other news is that kakaru has his own brand new stinking stable now and he will now become otowayama oyakata he was given approval to have this name now if i tried to explain to you the origin of this name that's been vacant for a while but that belonged to somebody borrowed by somebody else it's kind of like who begot who i have no idea but he has now acquired the name and the stable and he has a beautiful three-story stable And he has officially left Michinoku and he has taken two disciples with them, a Tokoyama and I think another wrestler to be revealed soon. And he is already guns ablaze and ready to go. So that's pretty exciting that he's going to have his own stable. Now, when I did more research on this, you know, he has been really a pivotal figure in Kirishima's rise. Mm-hmm. And so now that he's not coaching at Kurishima's stable, everyone's a little bit like, well, now what happens to Kurishima? Because he's going for his Yokozuna run and now he doesn't have Kakaru to kind of help guide him on that journey. So one thing timing wise that we have to keep in mind is Oyakata at Michinoku is 64 years old and he will retire in April. Who's that? That is that is Kirishima's coach that we have seen him, the original, like the original Ozeki Kirishima, who is the stable master. Okay. He is at mandatory retirement in three months. So the bigger question is, will that stable be transferred over to Kakaru's stable? Because oh. I think that's an option. Oh, and so well, wouldn't that be nice? It would be nice. But then again, I don't know if there is another heir apparent at Michinoku that would be able to inherit the stable. And that's what I don't know, the depth of coaches there, which says to me, maybe there's not because Kakaru was kind of there more recently. I would think he would have the the like more senior. Th- yes, position. So This is all interesting stuff to unpack and go, why did all this happen now? Is all this intentional that like he's leaving now to start up his own stable? Will they all get transferred? So it's a real we don't know it in the in this the sumo world. So it sounds like a lot of meetings are being held behind the doyo. Exactly. And decisions are being made and probably money is changing hands and who knows what is happening. Yes. But I don't think it all happened recently. I think that this is probably sort of plan of attack that they have been working on for quite a while. Mm, so maybe now we're in between seeing it. golf games. This is what Kakuryu has been doing with his downtime. Possibly. Or now, as we call him, Otowayama Oyakata. Nope. Not going to give up the Kakuryu name ever. All right. You don't have to do anything you want. You don't want to. Yes. So uh, Ted and Afuji 
was asked if he will compete in January. And again, he said quickly, I will do what I can, which again is vague. So he has major pressure going into this tournament. Will he will he show up or won't he? And a lot of people are speculating that he's just waiting and hoping that Karishima will get the belt and then he can retire soon thereafter with another Yokozuna because he has shown up on tour. He has shown up to do the Doyo Iri. He has fulfilled his obligations behind the scenes and at all the tours and shown up for all the ceremonial stuff. But his body is broken. It's uh, not broken. His hip bone yeah, was broken. But it's so. healing. It's healing. Body's healed. <laughs> we'll hope for the best. Also, now we're going back to some... I should have put this earlier on. This is the last bit of news that I found this week. The JSA, surprise, surprise, got a slap on the wrist. Really, it was a formal letter of recommendation for correction is what it's called, I think, with consequential actions from the Mukojima Labor Standards Office. Okay, that was a lot of words that may not make sense. But what it was is basically the the Japanese Labor Board has been hearing complaints about overtime, like the JSA not paying overtime wages. And then as they call it, what do they call it? Power. What's the word they use? Uh, Hold on one second. Power water. Power training. Here it is. Power harassment is what they call it. Power harassment from four employees who were asking to just get paid for all of their overtime. Five surprise on-site visits, I think, to the Kokugikan, as well as some different stables. And they're like, here in Japan, we have some rules. Would you work over a certain amount of time, like we would 40-hour work week or 36, whatever theirs is, you have to pay people for their overtime. And the JSA was like, oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, yes. Oh, we, that must have slipped through the cracks. Uh, we will correct that. Absolutely. But the there are some insiders who have also said, OK, well, they may say that, but nothing has changed, meaning they're asking people to work ridiculous hours. Um, they're not paying them for that. And then when they complain about, hey, I'm working more hours than anyone should humanly ever work, they get harassed. And so they have said they have corrected some of these measures. But the insider who shall remain unnamed and anonymous was like, no. But they had gotten a free pass in the past because they are somewhat of a public entity. Like they have uh, funding from the government, right? The organization Mm -hmm. does. So it's very rare that a government sort of organization who has support from the the government financially would be looked at this closely because, hey, it's part of the government and they follow the rules. That's what all the other departments do. And so this is a little bit strange that they were like, okay, we're going to look into all of these grievances. I think it speaks more to this is the way sumo is that every hour of every day belongs to the JSA. It always has been that. But in a new world where everyone wants things to be fair and reasonable, everyone's saying like, yeah, we get that. We know we're going to work crazy hours, but we're not going to work every hour of the day. There have to be some boundaries. And I think in the past, there probably haven't been boundaries. And people are like, okay, I'm working 100 hours a week and I'm not being paid for any of it. So I think there's maybe a reckoning. There's some sort of balancing out of old system, new system that will continue to come in in, in the future. Are these ex-wrestlers? Are they Yobi? I don't know. It just or... says, yeah, it doesn't say. It just says four employees. That, they're not going to name the people. Yeah, that just makes me more curious. 
Mm-hmm. Who are they and under what circumstances and what's being done to remedy the issue? Yeah. Was there any news over the last month that was just like 100% fantastic, like delightful in every way that you can think of? Because that, that was quite a lot of kind of downer news. Yeah. Mm, no. I mean, I saw some videos of... Uh, Toby Zaru on a talk show where he's dancing and doing a whole routine with oh. a bunch of like a, like a group of 10 girls that are backing him up. That um, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, and Takayasu was I, I didn't see his number, but he was he was there uh, ready with a microphone to jump in at any moment. There's always stuff like that. There's silly, silly things you see from the tour or um, I learned Dai Shoho um, all of a sudden had a wife and two children. Uh, that was a surprise. You, mm-hmm. you don't always find out. You're like, oh, not only has he been married since 2019, he has two children and there is a picture of them and they were adorable. So there's things like that you find out. But the holidays in Japan are are huge, like for romance. Christmas is like a romantic holiday mm-hmm. and New Year's. So there was some uh, a funny, I, I can't say I understood it exactly, but Atami Fuji was on a talk show and they were asking him about, about girls or a girlfriend and there was some flirting. There's like a bunch of talk show stuff that was going on and a lot of love is in the air and a lot of holiday celebrations and, and stuff on social media. But overall, nothing that was like, like, I got to tell you about this huge thing. Just more okay. like f- certain fluff, nice. if you will. Nice. Some good year fluff. We all need some good, good new year fluff. All right. And especially because at the very end of last year, Christmas Day, they put out the new Bonzuke. And it was so exciting. So exciting, in fact, that we're going to take two episodes to talk it through with you. Today, we're just going to talk about the Sanyaku, the guys at the very, very top. There are a couple of new guys at the bottom, and we're going to talk about those next week. But uh, there was just some real excitement at the top. So let's talk through those positions. At the very top, in January of 2024, of course, we have our lone Yokozuna Terunofuji, who we have already mentioned, has said that he's going to do his best. But I, yeah, I guess the biggest question is, will he really show up? Leslie, it sounds like you don't think he will. Uh, it's uh, it's a toss up. I, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't think anyone knows. I know he has major pressure to show up, but... I don't think his body is ready to go. He's been out of five, the last five tournaments, right? Like it's like like a whole year of not wrestling. So well, that's he, huge. He showed up. He showed up and finished one tournament last year in 2023. Right. And he won it definitively. So he's Yokozuna and he can do that. He can just show up for one tournament a year as long as he wins it definitively and he's strong enough. He can keep that up for a long time. He has earned that position. I think the Yokozuna Deliberation Council might start to say some more nasty things, but uh, he has earned the right to take his time. 
I hope he takes another one off to come back even stronger. But you know, all that we've seen on his amazing looking social media is that, man, he looks good when he lifts weights. He looks good when he's sweating. He's wearing amazing, cool looking clothes. And I mean, it looks like he's keeping himself strong. That's what his social media looks like. I mean, he's the king of sumo right now. Everyone wants to see him. They want to see him fight, but... They do. uh, But I also want to hear him sing. And he also put out some music. Like, he put out a clip of him singing as well over the holidays, which delighted me to no end. So it's not like he's laying at home broken. I mean, you said that earlier, and I was like, wait, 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 he's not broken. He's not. He's not. He's doing other things. But the question is, is he well enough to get back on the doyo and go back into competition? Right. That's a question mark. Anything else to say about him? Mm-mm. All right. So the, he is top of this pyramid. Uh, we have three Ozekis underneath him this time. The highest ranked of those Ozekis is Kirishima. Mm-hmm. who uh, won the last Basho, if you recall. He won it with a 13-2 record. This will be his fourth Basho at Ozeki. You know, in November, he really did look strongest of the three. Uh, his style continues to develop in such a cool, cool way. And I think everybody, everybody would love to see him get that last rung on the ladder get the white belt, win a second Yusho in a row, and become Yokozuna. What would you like to say about him? Oh, yeah, I agree. Like, this is a a time of major pressure for him. I think he's going to do really well. But we'll also see this recent transition away uh, with uh, Kakaru. We don't know behind the scenes how much coaching he's continuing to get or how much how busy Kakaru is starting up his new stable, how much time he has to continue to help him focus for this Yokozuna run. I don't really know. I don't think he's going to crumble, but I know he's continuing to try to put on weight and really be at this top, top fighting form. He seems chill enough that he could handle the pressure to make it happen. So I actually wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Um, But there are a couple of unknown factors in there that may influence his performance. But I I feel like he's gotten so consistently good. I don't think he's all of a sudden going to not show up and perform like in a top notch kind of form. He's got to probably win another tournament or come in second place. And that is so hard to do. So whether he can do it this time or not... Who knows? I'm sure he'll be up in the running, at least, for it. Right. Now, the next highest ranked Ozeki for this tournament is Hoshoryu. You know, when I watch his sumo, it looks really strong, and it's still developing. I think that's maybe the best way to say it. In November, he lost to uh, Takayasu, mm-hmm. Takakesho, of course, mm-hmm. Nishikigi, Kotonawaka, and Atami Fuji. So... He's doing quite well, but he still has these sort of, uh, I mean, those are big, those are big men to beat. <laughs> They're yeah. bigger, bigger guys. So he, he definitely still has some work to figure out here at the top. He definitely has a warrior spirit. He's got the game face that is needed to take him all the way to Yokozuna, but he can't always back it up with the strongest sumo against larger opponents. So it's great that he's here. He's definitely good enough to be here. 
how long will it last at Ozeki? Can he last at Ozeki? That's, those are the questions. Can he go up from here? I think with Karishima's rise, I think he feels, I mean, I can't speak for Hoshoryu, but I would feel that if there's somebody that's coming up right alongside you and they are, uh, they have kind of surpassed you in ranking and they're going for the the rope uh he wants that too so i expect him to turn it on the only thing that's going to hold him back is is his size compared to some of the other guys not that he's a shrimp or anything he just has to learn how to fight more uniquely in his body type at the level that some of these other guys are wrestling at with a bigger body type you know Mm -hmm. so i think we'll see him turn it up that's my prediction. I think he'll turn it up in in the pace that he goes at, which is a little bit slower than everyone else. Like it just takes him a little bit longer to get where he wants to get. So that takes us to interestingly our lowest ranked Ozeki this time, who is Takakesho. But get this, Takakesho has been in Ozeki since May 2019. 4 years. Isn't that amazing? Wow. That is such a long time. When he is uninjured, when he's not dropped out for injuries, he is incredible. He is unstoppable, and his Oshi Sumo game is better than almost anyone else. In December, he turned in a 9-6 record, which is why he's the lowest rank of the Ozeki, but do not count him out. If he is healthy... He is just that human cannonball that we know he is, and he's amazing. So that takes us to the level of Sekiwake. We have two guys here. We have Kotonawaka and we have Daesho. Now, Kotonawaka, young kid that he is, this is his third Basho at Sekiwake rank. His 2023, he had four, four Bashos at Komosubi, two at Sekiwake. And most of the time he was turning in 8-7 or 9-6 records. His last tournaments were a 9-6 in September and then a really good 11-4 in November and a June U show and a special solid, well, a special prize. I'll just say his sumo is looking solid and it continues to develop and it's almost as if he's getting used to working and winning at this highest rank. He's slowly doing better and better sumo, and he's really set to take the sumo world by storm, this kid. He is like the very definition of solid sumo. Kotonawaka, what do you want to say about him? Kotonawaka, his body type, he's coming into his strength and uh, maturity in this role. So I I expect great things from him in the future. And he's young and he seems to do great under this crazy pressure in this world. So he also holds lots of babies. Uh, he's been holding babies like a total champion on tour. Mm-hmm. Everyone hands their baby to Kotonawaka. and like he the Ozeki of baby holding. He is. He is. So he's got lots of skills in the doyo and outside of the doyo. Um, no, I just feel like he's he... In 2024, if he keeps himself safe and non-injured, I think he'll make the jump up to Ozeki. It'll just depend on everybody else above him and if Ted and Fuji comes back. He's uh, he's close, and I think 2024 is going to be a good year for him. I just, I want it to be. Whether it is, I want it to be. Well, let me just say, since his wins in the last tournament add up to 20, if he had a really in Basho. I mean, he would have to put up 13 wins, but he's got a shot at getting 
the the 33 wins you might need to get to Ozeki. It's a well, distance 12. Shot. You can get it. You can get it anywhere between, I mean, 33 well, is ideal. Yeah, 33 But 32, ideal. especially if he gets a special prize or he's runner-up, like it could or if he very wins well it. happen. Yeah, if he wins it, obviously he'll get it. So there is a chance that Kotonawaka could be going for that Ozeki level. Now, Daesho, this will be his fifth tournament at Sekiwake. Uh, and his 2023 started at Maegashira 1. He went through Komosubi, and then he's had four at Sekiwake. And he's consistently putting up uh, nine to 12 wins per Basho on the table. That's actually, that's more wins than Kotonawaka, interestingly. Hmm. That's a higher number of wins. Hmm. Um, But he's not putting enough numbers together to go for Ozeki. So he's not hitting the 33 wins in three consecutive Basho, which is really hard to do. It is really, really hard to do. He's He lost in November to people like Abi, uh, Wakamoto Haru, Hoshoryu. Uh, yeah, he's still a bit inconsistent. And I yeah. think that that's always been his problem in the past. He's had so much power, but he loses at, at the very end with that excitement to finish someone off. It's just maybe a little bit of immaturity still. And I think he's getting consistently better. But yeah, I think he's a long way off from getting Ozeki. It just can't get those last, the high enough numbers to get the Ozeki ship. Anyway, that takes us to Komasubi. Now, exciting enough, Takeyasu is back as yeah. Homosubi. And I just want to remind people, people who are not so into Takeyasu, in 2023, he almost won three tournaments that year. He was either runners-up, he was in a tie for the finish. He had such a good 2022, and he performed so well. The only time he gets makikoshi is when his injuries come back, and he's got that darn back injury that seems Mm -hmm. to plague him. The last time he was here at Sekiwake was January of last year, and he got injured again, and he dropped back down, but he is back up in Sanyaku after having two 10-5 tournaments in a row. So I think the question with Takeyasu is, can he stay healthy long enough to take that trophy home or to stay in Sanyaku another time? That's the question. I didn't think I'd see him make another Ozeki run. And I don't know if that's what he wants at this point in his career. I think he may be getting into a phase where he's like, I'm just enjoying it. I've been at the top before and it's a lot of pressure, you know, to always be dealing with Kadoban status or not. He held on to the Ozeki position for a long time. Now he just may be having fun. And that's what I'm here for. It would be amazing to see him as an Ozeki again, but also a lot of pressure at his age, his elderly, elderly age. He's so incredibly old at what, like 33? 33. Yeah, 33. Um, But He's wrestling great. Like, let him just have the time of his life and maybe all that no pressure business would actually help him win a tournament one day, which is what all of us Takeyasu fans ever want for him. It's just one one tournament win. Just one. And that brings us to the other Komasubi for the first time ever in Sanyaku is Ura. So... Let's talk about Aura. We did a highlight episode on Aura ages ago, but we love to revisit these guys when they pop into Sanyaku for the very first time because 
honestly, their careers have continued to develop. Their sumo has. We know more about them. So let's talk a little bit about Ura again. And there's so many reasons why people are so excited to see him up here. He's likable. He's interesting. He's a character and a half. But you really, you need to know his full story about who the man is so that you can appreciate it even more. So as a brief visit into his background, all right, this kid started sumo at age four because his older sister, who was two years older than him, was doing sumo. So he was influenced by an older woman in his life. I love it. (laughs) He was always a small kid. He didn't grow fast. He was smaller than every other boy. In junior high, he wanted to do sumo, but he was a skinny kid. His voice hadn't changed. His parents were taking him to the doctor to say, what is wrong with our small child? He's small. He wants to do sumo. He wanted to be part of the sumo club, but he would never get picked for practice. He had he would get kicked out of practice because he was so small. And so we'd practice sumo by himself in the gymnasium. He would lose to elementary school students who were bigger than him when he was in junior high. So he said, all right, maybe I can't do sumo. I'm going to practice really hard. I'm going to do Greco-Roman wrestling. And so (laughs) he went into lightweight Greco-Roman wrestling, which really helped him with his balance. And it developed this incredible low stance that he had. And he excelled in this kind of sumo. He went to high school. He still wanted to do sumo, but there was no sumo club. So he stuck with Greco wrestling. In college, he said, you know what? There really is no future for me in wrestling. So I'm going to go study education. He wanted to be a kindergarten teacher and he would be the most adorable kindergarten teacher Amazing. Ever. I would sign up for his kindergarten class. Yes, so would I. In college, he finally started to be able to put on a little bit more weight. And this is one of the secrets of sumo, right? If you can start to gain weight in sumo, it is a boon. And so he went back to the wrestling as soon as he started to be able to put on weight. And he started going back into sumo. And he headed to the World Games in the early 2010s. And he won gold at the World Combat Games. And after that, it was like he got a taste of sumo again. And he went, he said, all right, I got my teaching credentials. I could go teach kindergarten, but I'm going pro. And so he made his debut in pro sumo in 2015 at the Kisei stable. And he had to start at the very bottom of the sumo pile and climb his way all the way up, not once, but twice. And this is why the second reason he's so amazing. His original style of sumo was really based on that Greco-Roman style. And it it is like, if you look at his old sumo tapes, it looks so different. The amount of wear and tear on his body I mean, let's just let's just call it extreme because he was doing things like doing squats and he was bending over completely over trying to lift people up with his entire back or from a squatting position, lift up huge, much bigger men, incredible lifts on heavier opponents, incredible twists, incredible throws he was doing. And pressure on his knees. Yeah. And it was very tough on his body. He did well. It was wild to watch. It was fun to watch, but it was really tough. He right. rose quickly through the ranks. He was in Makauchi by 
March of 2017, he went Maegashira 12, Maegashira 10, Maegashira 4. He got a Kimboshi, started at Maegashira 4 again the next tournament, and then tore his ACL and was out for a year, just like Wakataka Kage. Where's your ACL again? Anterior, it's in your knee. Knee, yeah, but it's, it's like right knees, by your kneecap. It's this, yeah, it's the ligament that stabilizes your knee. There's there are many ligaments in there in there, but that's that's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. So he was out for a year, came back for three basho, injured it again, was out Ugh. for eight months, so almost two years out. And when he started back in, he started all the way at the bottom again, Johnny Don. 10 and that was the level in his that was the same level that he was in his third ever sumo tournament when he first began in right? jonidon yep wow since his since he rejoined again at the very bottom he has been showing just steady presence and he has completely refurbished his sumo he's changed his sumo he occasionally throws in those those moves you know that we don't see from anyone else but he has completely changed his style of sumo so he had to relearn sumo as he rose back up and he's been sort of performing in that mid to high range maigashira 2 to maigashira 8 range for two solid years he's not setting the boards on fire but you know what he's doing just fine he'll do like an eight seven seven eight nine six seven eight just enough to keep him there and keep developing this new style of sumo that he's still working out on a on a body with injuries and that changes everything everything Mm -hmm. he has two kimboshi one gino show that he got in november of 2021 So I'd say, I mean, his story is an incredible rise, an incredible fall, an incredible rise again. And the question is, how far will this rise take him? And he's just joyful to watch. You know, he's the one surprise, the Rikshi who's going to throw in more surprises for our eyes, like just moves we've not seen or haven't been seen for the last 60 years. This guy's going to throw it out there. He gives everything a shot. He's so big hearted. I don't think it'll be easy because this is, again, the meat grinder position, but he has been fighting up there with those same guys just without the pressure. Um, Now he has the pressure. So he could very well just be like, no big deal. But it could, you know, with the pressure of it all, it could it could be a little rattling for him. But we'll see. I don't think so, though. Now, if you are new to sumo, Ura is a smaller guy. He's 5'9". He looks tiny in comparison to most of the other ones. So look for a small guy in a pink mawashi near the top. You will see, like Leslie said, a lot of flair. You'll see gymnastic moves. He's incredibly flexible. Flip-flops, somersaults. He can do all of that He'll do vault routine in the middle of a doyo. (laughs) Yep. Uh, He's also known for that little wry smile. Like, win or lose... It seems like he's enjoying himself. So look for that. If you were to look at his kimarite that he uses and look for a very different kind of tachi eye, he sometimes will go in and do the usual 
tachi eye that everyone else does, but he also does a backwards moving tachi eye that can work in his favor. So look for very different starts at the beginning of his sumo matches where he he, he goes backwards. Look for, like in his kimarite, it, it's interesting because on the JSA website, it says his most used kimarite, 44% of the time is etc. And that's because he's doing things no one else does. He's doing hip throws. He's doing backward lean outs. He's doing reverse backward body drops. Zubinaries. Like he, more than any other wrestler, he's the one that keeps me going back to the list of Kimarite and going, what is that? What that would be a really do? good Shikona as well. If he wanted to switch his Shikona, mm-hmm. he could just be etc. 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 He could be. He... Uh, of course, look for the knee braces because he's wearing knee braces on both knees. Sometimes they go all the way up to his upper thighs and almost cover his entire leg. But now that you know his history, you know why he's wearing them. And he's very much like Terunofuji in that way. People kind of watch him and just hope that he doesn't break. So let's wish him health. Uh, I think also people like him because he's a little bit of an odd duck. He does these tiny little salt tosses into the ring when everybody else does big ones. He he just, there's so many tales of him trying to put on weight in odd ways. Like he loves spam. He McDonald's. loves McDonald's. He loves McDonald's. He loves eating five boiled eggs a day. He doesn't like sweets, but he loves to tell people how he's gaining weight. And when you look at his background, you can see why. Because like that's a big part of the training for him is trying to figure out how to get big enough to be able to compete with these guys. Mm-hmm. He's a minimalist. He's known for being like a clean freak. He cleans his room once a day, he doesn't like cockroaches. He tells everyone this. <laughs> I mean, who does like cockroaches? I, I don't know. He he loves but... rap music. He loves talking about how much he loves rap music, which I think is just makes him even cuter. Let's send him a mixtape. Let's do. Let's do. We would be one of uh, 50 women who sent him gifts this last Valentine's Day in 2023. He's he, wildly popular wildly with the ladies. Wildly popular, yes. Yet we don't him. know if he has a girlfriend. We don't. But I, we know I he's incredibly popular. He doesn't. Until three years down the road, we'll find out he has three children already. Yes. And he's been married the whole time. <laughs> but until then, he's a big hit with the ladies. And... A big hit with sumo fans. So That's no right. matter what happens to Ura this time, he's got a big cheering section behind him. You'll hear lots of people cheering for him in Japan and cheering through their TV sets <laughs> in America uh, for every win that he gets. So with that, I'll just say we're going to take the rest of the Bonsake next week because there's some interesting guys at the bottom you need to know about before all the sumo begins. But I think that's all I have for today. That is all I've got as well. Thank you so much for joining us in 2024 for our very first episode of the year. We hope you're as excited about sumo as we are this year, and we will continue to give you more highlights from the tournament and more information about sumo coming every single week, all year long. So until next week, I am Leslie. I'm Laurie. See y'all later. Bye.